On this episode of Soaring to New Heights, Tim and Liam are going to be comparing the next 10 AFLW players from the Hawthorne Hawks to their male equivalents. This and so much more on Soaring to New Heights. Hello and welcome to Soaring to New Heights, the AFLW podcast series looking at the Hawthorne AFLW team. My name is Tim and we're joined by co-host Liam. Liam, how are you going this afternoon? I'm very well, Tim. How are you? Yeah, going really well. Something positive about podcasting and recording during the daytime. So much better than nighttime. Yeah, but um, you normally have dad duty during the day. So this, but when you get a little bit of time off, I put in inverted commas. It's nice to use it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So nice not having to worry about podcasting and recording and waking up Evie and Penny. So it's nice to be able to record this during the day. Now, Liam, we're going to be doing episode three or part three of our AFLW to AFLM comparison. And we've already recorded and released parts one and part two. We are recording this before we release part two. We're actually recording this immediately after recording part two. But we're going to stagger the release. So you will have seen polls, uh, guessing how we might go. We will not have seen them because we're recording this before we put them out, just to be clear. There we go. That is true. So we've already done the comparisons for episode one, where we looked at Guernsey numbers one through to 10. So that's Tegan Cunningham through to Caitlin Ashmore. And then we've looked in episode two of Guernsey numbers 11 through to 20. So the Donvale Destroyer, Jenna Richardson, all the way through to Laura, Billy Elliott. If you haven't listened to those, highly recommend you go back and listen to them. Have a look at who we compared the players to. Think about who you would compare the AFLW players to. And we'd love to hear from you on socials to see if you agree or disagree with what we have now. In part three, Liam, we're going to be looking at Guernsey numbers 21 through to 42. So Sophie Locke through to Kath Brown. Uh, yeah, well, these numbers, obviously, we use every single number from 1 to 20, actually all the way through to 25. But in groups of 10, we don't use every number in the high 20s, 30s, and 40s. So the numbering, there's more numbers in terms of space, but it's still 10 players. But this will be this will be fun. It'll be interesting to see how many we agree on this time as well. We've We agreed on... One little spoiler alert here. We agreed on one in part one, and we were much more agreeable in part two. We agreed four times. So five out of 20 so far, Liam. So I'm thinking mathematically, we would have to agree upon all 10 in this one to be sitting at a 50% strike rate. Which, looking at my list, is not possible. I was going to say, even the the ever-optimistic Tim is not thinking that's a possibility. Well, I look at my list, and there's a few players you've already used, so... (laughs) Speaking of already using, would you care to remind us of the rules, Tim? Yeah, so in terms of the rules, Liam, in terms of the men's pool of players that we have to choose from, it is the Hawthorne 2023 player list. And any player who was on the 2022 list who is not going around this year for another AFL club. So that means Ben McAvoy, Jackson Callow, and Jack Saunders are all eligible. However, Jack Dunstan, Tom Mitchell, Jaeger O'Meara, and Liam Shields are ineligible. And I will tell you, Liam, that Liam Shields one, that was very difficult because it was a player that I had yeah. earmarked for and unfortunately had to pull let's the pin. Just, that one. Let's just say that makes two of us. 
Now, we, I think we, I think listeners can already work out which player that is. Oh yeah, for sure. Now we can't repeat any players. The ones myself or Liam have used that player, we can't use them again in terms of a comparison for an AFLW player. So that means so far for myself, there's 20 players. For you, Liam, there's 20 players that are out of that pool that we cannot use. Correct. And so, I'm to see, Liam, how we actually go in terms of the comparison for this one. So I'm thinking. I've looked at your list. You've looked at my list. Where? No, we haven't. Well, no, no. Our list that we've already used, Liam. Yeah, okay. A list of players that we've already used. As you said, you already know there's a fair few that you're picking this time around that I've used. I know there's a few that I'm picking that you've already used. I'm thinking somewhere in the vicinity of two to four. That's probably where we're going to be at in terms of what we have for agreements this time around. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be very similar to that as well. Now in terms of, yes, yeah. Now, in terms of the way we're going to do this, uh, I will take the first five players uh, and lead off, and then you will take the final five players that will take us through to the end. So, as we said, please get involved on socials and let's get started, Len. So, the first player we're going to look at here is Guernsey 21, Sophie Locke. Now, Becky Bull, one of our loyal listeners has tweeted into us and she said that her comparison that she thought for Sophie Locke was Dylan Moore. Very good comparison. Now, definitely say that. I've already used Dylan Moore. As have I. You've already used Dylan Moore, so it won't be Dylan Moore for either one of us. I was thinking about Sophie Locke and her media appearances for the Hawthorne AFLW club. She always comes across as so chirpy, so chipper, so happy, full of energy, vibrancy, and I was thinking about someone who in the AFL club comes across the same way, who has this positive attitude towards life, who takes everything in their stride, able to make a big difference. And this person played a bit of forward this year, similar to what Sophie Locke was playing for the AFLW team. We know Sophie Locke enjoyed hitting the scoreboard. We know she was full of energy and enthusiasm on the field. And the comparison I made for Sophie Locke was Jarman Impey. That's, uh, that's not a bad comparison at all. Uh, Tim, really, I, I, did, I did like seeing MP Ford, good overhead. So Sophie Locke, good finisher. So is Sophie Locke. Um, but for our Seymour sensation, I have compared, as I drop a piece of paper, I have compared her to Luke Bruce because she is a clinical finisher, strong overhead, provides more than serviceable pressure in the forward line. And she also led the VFLW among qualified players in goal-kicking percentage last season. So given that Luke Bruce it seems incapable of missing when having a kick for goal, and Sophie Locke is an equally lethal finisher, combined with their forward prowess and coming to the club at a slightly mature age, I've picked Sophie Locke. Oh, sorry, I picked Luke Bruce. I, Sophie Locke was there by default because that's number 21. But. <laughs> I like that comparison, though. That's a, a great comparison for Sophie with Luke Bruce, as you said, leading the BFLW goal kicking in terms of percentages. We know Luke Bruce is an absolute sharpshooter. We know both of them are clinical in terms of their conversion for goal. So I can definitely see that comparison that you have there for Sophie Locke. 22, Tamara Luke. Now, Tamara Luke, ruck person. We know that she was playing ruck. She played forward and then injury hit. And I was thinking about someone from the men's team who was able to play as a ruck and play as a forward until injury hit. Now, we know Tam Luke went down with an ACL. 
which was season ending. And this person that I picked, Lamb, had concussion issues that were almost season ending. And the comparison I made for Tam Luke was Max Lynch because I think both of them incredibly hard at it. Both of them don't mind kicking goals. Both of them love the physical contest. And I just thought an absolute no-brainer. Max Lynch, did you say? Sorry, you cut out very briefly. Yes. Yeah, Max Lynch. Okay. So... That's a clever pick, but we've got a we've got a direct crossover because I use Max Lynch on another player, but I'm using Ben McAvoy, who's obviously eligible per the 2022 not another club rule for Tamara Luke because Ben McAvoy was a leader of our men's team, the captain. Tamara Luke was one of our a member of our leadership group for the women. They both missed a lot of the season through injury, and upon their return, will probably have been forced out of the number one rock roll. I like that comparison. That's very good. So, but we no fault of their own, but simply unleashing an incredible young ruck who we'll talk about later. That's it. So, I think we've we've both sort of gone a similar route there. Uh, I've picked someone a bit younger. You pick someone with more of that experience, but can definitely see the comparison there with Tam Luke and Ben McAvoy. Next, we move to Sarah Perkins. Now, Perko this season uh, through no fault of her own wasn't able to impact uh, the games as well as she would have liked. But what I loved about Perko is the way that she was team first. So going down to some of the training sessions, going down to the coaching clinics uh, that they had for the children, seeing her when they had the open day at Bunjil Bagora on the 10th of December, where she had flown in from the Northern Territory where she played the night before to then be there. He was a real heart and soul person around the club, someone with this immense leadership. And I made the comparison with James Warple because I know I've heard in the past of Warps doing similar things where he's gone to functions back home in Geelong and then the next day driven down to be at coaching clinics to be at open days for the fans. And I just thought the two of those absolutely epitomise what we love about the Hawthorne Football Club in terms of their willingness to do whatever they can to help build that culture and community. Absolutely. I can, I can have no arguments with the cultural look at the role that Sarah Perkins has played for Hawthorne. And you know, having, you know, we've spoken to players on the show, we've observed it with our own eyes. She and Ed Sill as well actually was a big one talking about her role with Box Hill VFLW this season. She is an extraordinary person to have at the club for cultural reasons. She can also play footy a fair bit as well, mind you. But I've obviously gone with a different player. I have picked a much shorter than you would expect key forward with great physical strength and remarkably strong hands. Perkins is a better kick for goal than this player. I've picked Jackson Callow, who's eligible again through that no, that 2022, but not another club rule which you actually helped remind me when you mentioned Jackson Callow in part one in the intro, you helped me remind me that he's eligible for this. So I swung a couple of things around and I put him here because, you know, like Perko, Callow is undersized for the role he plays. Like Perko, Callow has really strong mitts. Although Sarah Perkins is a magnificent kick for goal. Absolutely. She is a phenomenal kick for goal. And as you said, great pair of hands that Perko has. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if, you know, besides Perko, she gets called buckets, similar to what Jackson Callow was called when he's during his time at Hawthorne. Yeah. Again, and again, she's even a relatively short key forward as well. Like a lot of people think she's taller than what she is. 
Yeah, no, I know from standing next to her, and I'm, I stand at six foot, she'd be a similar height to myself. She's a fair bit shorter than you, having stood next to both of you. Oh, there we go. She's five, eight, five, nine. Oh, wow. There we go. Next lane, we've got 24. And this is a very good friend of the podcast, Tamara yep. Smith. Now, I was thinking about this. I assume this, I assume this is the player you were arming and arming what you were wanting Liam Shields for? Oh, absolutely. Yep. This is the one okay. that I thought. Just to be clear, had, that, that was, that's both of us then. Had Liam Shields written all over. And then the other one I, I compared it to was actually DGB because that courageous factor, because she puts a body on the line day in and day out while wearing the Hawthorne colours. and we know There's she, a lot more of DGB than there is of her though. That is true. That is true. But I was thinking about someone who defensively in the midfield had an absolute breakout year for Hawthorne this year. And I know from speaking to Caitlin Ashmore, she was saying that she believes that with another preseason under her belt next year, Tam Smith offensively is going to absolutely go through the roof. And I was thinking about a player on the men's list who defensively was given roles this year and stop players like Ed Langdon from being able to, to impact games. And I think that Tamara Smith and Finn McGuinness, because they both love the contest, they both love the physical stuff, they will both run for days, and they will hit anything that moves. Yeah, that, that's a really, really good pick. And, you know, I, it's no secret, we're both big fans of Tamara and our tiny tees here, so uh, she can tackle with the best of them. She's an absolutely ferocious competitor, like Finn McGuinness, so... I cannot really have any arguments with that pick, although Finn plays through the plays. He's played on a bit more on the outside, whereas I've... But I've, I've gone for John Newcomb here, the same as uh, someone who sent us, who messaged us a, su- a suggestion of John Newcomb, which I, I'd made that pick beforehand. Uh, Becky Bull also suggested Blake Hardwick. But I went with, for the attack on the football, for the tackling and for the unrelenting pressure as well as the underrated ability to drive forward out of the stoppage to John Newcomb. That's an excellent, excellent comparison. I'd already used Duke. Yes. Uh, you Jazz Fleming in, in episode one. So he was off the cards for me, but I can definitely see those similarities. So I just want to go back here, Liam. So far we've had four picks and we've had zero. Look at that. Even the ever optimistic Tim's, Two to four is looking in doubt, but we'll see how we go. We were always more confident of the last six having more agreements in fairness. That is true. Uh, Guernsey 25, Emily Everest, otherwise known as Sherpa. Now, young defender, came into the squad. Now, didn't play the first couple of rounds. Came in in round five against the Swans. But once was in... Didn't go out except for when she had her exams at the uh, the end of the season, so round 10. And I was thinking about a young key defender for Hawthorne who came in around midway through the season, during the bye round, who we think is going to lock down that key defender position for a long time. And the comparison I made for Sherpa was James Blank. We agree. Um, oh. Well, I, I, we'd already worked out, I think, last episode that we would agree on this one. As soon Once we'd finished discussing Laura Elliott, I think we knew we'd be agreeing for this one. Yeah, that's but, um, Yeah, so my notes here are an, un, a sneakily athletic key back with, with good size. Sherpa is known for her elite time trialling. So two key backs with good size who are underrated athletically, great pure shutdown players. And yeah, to me... Her and Laura Elliott are the two I was kind of umming and ahhing with two players over. 
And in the end, I thought it was relatively easy in the end to assign the blanket to Sherpa, not just because it's cold on Everest, but also because she is a really, really good pure shutdown defender. So is James Blank. So that's what I went with. So we have an agreement. We have an agreement. So we've had five players on this episode for one agreement. So it'll be interesting to see if we get a few more as we go through. Now, Liam, I'm going to hand the baton over to you. So Guernsey 27, Jess Duffin, Soggy, retired end of the season. We also know that she has a son on the way, which is fantastic. And Congratulations again, Jess. Absolutely. And a friend of the podcast gave up her time to speak to us. So Liam, Jess Duffin, who's your comparison? So I've picked someone who's undersized for the role they play and especially for their marking prowess. Someone who is a very good kick of the football and someone who can play at both ends of the ground. James Sicily. Oh, very good pick. I like that one. Because James Sicily is a lot shorter than people think he is, especially for his marking prowess. You having stood next to him, he's barely taller than you. 186 centimetres than he is, so he's, he's a foot, about a foot taller than me. 6'1", I think he is. An inch or a foot? Oh, an inch, sorry. Apologies, an inch. No, he's an inch. Not so Ned, Ned Reeves is a foot taller Ned, than you. That's right. No, Ned Reeves is. No, he's an inch inch taller than I am, so he's not, not much bigger than I am. But his marking is that of a much taller player. And Jess Duffin, we spoke to her about her marking actually on this show, uh, is the same. And she can play at both ends of the ground with greater plum, having shown that ability throughout the season. And yeah, be it as an interceptor or as a goal kicker, James Sisley was to me the comparison. That's a very good comparison. Once, once I decided to go with, and that this is Sisley, I was Mackenzie Eadley, I was also really umming and ahhing with James Sisley and where to use him. And yep. yet I felt there was the better second comparison for Eadley. So that's why I went with the way I did. No, I like that comparison. Now, I, I went a slightly different approach to you, Liam. Now, if Matt Spanger was still playing, I would have picked Spang because the ability to play both forward and back. But I was thinking about Duff's prowess in the forward line and her ability to impact games, her ability to kick bags of goals, her ability to take marks, her ability to outmark opponents, outwork opponents. And the comparison I had for her was Mitch Lewis because the minute she moved into that forward line, she became our number one tool. She became our key forward who was impacting games. Now, obviously, Mitch Lewis has not played down back. But in terms of the comparison I had for Duff, it was Mitch Lewis because she became the spearhead. Our 5'5", number one tall. Our 5'5", number one tall spearhead who took marks, impacted contests, kicked bags of goals. That was a comparison I had. Yeah, it's not a bad take. I Again, I, I think that undersized marker with Sicily, but Mitch Lewis... Kicks bags of goals. Jess Duffin certainly does. Isn't that right, West Coast? West Coast, Fremantle, kicked, uh, kicked two against Frio. Yep. Th- three and a quarter against the Eagles when they decided to drop an extra down back. That was a bad idea. Yeah, who would have thought that would be a bad idea? Having, having a person of the ability of Jess Duffin just floating around free in a forward line. Yeah, but we're not coaches, so... <laughs> That's correct. We're not coaches. Also not coaches who were trying to think about Kinetic Stadium for the first time. Yeah, very true. But um, anyway, we can we could talk about how good Jess Duffin is all day. And so we move on to another player who at least I could talk about how good they are all day. So frequently do. Uh, Lucy Wales. 
Now, I'm not going to go into a long soliloquy about how good she is because, well, I do that often enough and I'm sure I will again. But I have picked a young star up and coming ruck. I have picked someone who will be a star of the competition and the club for a long, long time to come. I've picked Ned Reeves. Uh, and I know it's an obvious one. I know it's an easy one. You know, we had Braden suggesting Ben McAvoy. We had Pardog suggest Ned Reeves. But I thought the young star ruck who announced themselves and stamped their authority on the team upon a leader, unfortunately going down with injury. I, I thought this was this was just about the first name I put down. Yeah, look, I'm not shocked with that comparison. I can hear some boos coming though, Liam, in terms of how obvious the comparison was and maybe booing my comparison as well because I picked Noodle for the comparison to Lucy Wales. Both of them are up and coming rucks. And I think the thing we have to think about, Liam, is both of them with a bit more time in terms of pre-season will continue to build not only size, but also tanks. And we know Lucy Wales has an incredible tank at the moment. It's scary to think of what both of them will be able to achieve in the next three to five years. And both of them will easily, and I say easily, and I know I'm very optimistic, and but both of them easily will be in the top five rucks for both the AFLW and the AFL men's competition within the next three years. Yeah, well, in fact, the Hawk Talk podcast asked for some very, asked for bold predictions for the next season. And I thought I'd give one for the women as well, even though it's a bit early. I had the Lucy Wales will make the All-Australian squad. Not the team necessarily, but the squad. Now, that, that is bold, but for someone who would be 20. Yep. But with what she showed this year and the ability to actually rest, you know, as opposed to rucking 95-plus percent of the game, mm-hmm. and we know that she puts in the effort. We know that she's a really hard trainer and all that. And, you know, you listen to Caitlin Ashmore, Jess Duffin, what they've said about her on the show. Uh, yeah, and I think Ned Rees will be similar. So... I think we agree. It was a very obvious comparison we've probably already spent too long on. Yeah, look, I just say to both the AFLW and the AFL men's competition, watch out for both of those over the next few years because they will absolutely take competition by the scruff of the neck and show that they are going to be absolutely dominant rucks. Absolutely. So we move on to Eliza Shannon. So I've picked a player you've already used. I'll, I'll get that off the bat straight away. We had a suggestion of James Sicily from someone, although we've both used Sicily. It's not a bad comparison. But I've gone for a brave, small to medium defender who will always play a role. They won't let you down. I've gone for Josh Morris. So you used Josh Morris earlier in another episode and gave a very similar discussion. But that smaller, really tough defender who had a bit of difficulty getting back into the team with you know Eliza after concussion, Josh Josh through the form of our other backs. But once they came in, were pretty hard to dislodge. They were tough, they were brave, they were consistent, and they always just played their role. So I've gone with Eliza Shannon, uh, with Josh Morris for Eliza Shannon. Yeah, I can definitely see that comparison. We know Eliza Shannon put her body on the line when she came back from concussion, that round eight game against GWS, where she made a crucial tackle in the, the back line to stop a certain GWS goal. We know she puts a body on the line, so I can definitely see that comparison. I thought of someone who had an injury-interrupted season, similar to Eliza had this year, but someone who I think has all the tools to take their game to the next level. And I know with Eliza having a pre-season, hopefully overcoming those concussion issues, she would definitely 
be able to stamp her authority on games next year. I think Eliza is very underrated in terms of her ball use and her ability to dispose of the ball. And I think that both these players next year, or next season, sorry, uh, really going to shine. So my comparison for Eliza Shannon was actually Lockie Bramble. It's not a bad pick. Not a bad, not a bad pick at all. I, I did use Lockie Bramble in episode two. Mm-hmm. But that's a that's a really clever pick for in terms of the way you know using the ball, taking it forward, and just continuously having a real red hot crack at it. Yeah, again, I've got, I've obviously gone with Josh Morris for the slightly more defensive reasons, but I can have I can have very few to no arguments about Lockie Bramble as well. Yeah, absolutely. We now move to Akesh now Guernsey thirty four in terms of Akesh. Penny and Evie absolutely love Akesh. So make sure, Liam, this is a good comparison because the girls will be very devastated if Arnie Akesh doesn't have a good comparison. Well, I'll be honest, it feels a little weird with the name I'm, I'm going to say, but it's a name I kept coming back to based on how they play. So someone with intercepting prowess who will always take the game on, has a good sidestep, extremely quick over the shorter and longer distances, I've gone with Chankwas Giaf. That that intercepting prowess and then that ability to just drive forward with reckless abandon, you might say, but also completely breaking the game open. I, I kept coming back to Chankwas Giaf for the way they play. Like I watched them and the resemblance in terms of the way they play football and bring the ball out of the back line and through the wing is there. Yep. Yeah, I had CJ as well. Mine was for slightly different reasons. Now, obviously, we know both of them have that attacking prowess, but I actually thought about defensively, I mean, there's a play from CJ that whenever I think of him comes into my mind, and then there's a play from Akesh that always comes into my mind when I think of it. And CJ's was in the Easter Monday loss last two years ago now to Geelong, where he ran 150 metres from a turnover kick from Daniel Howe and almost stopped a Geelong goal. And I compared that with Akesh during that Sydney Swans game that you and I were at, where she busted a gut over 120 metres to get back and spoil the ball on the line from the wing. And I just thought the effort, the heart that both those players play, uh, play with each and every time they put on the Hawthorne Guernsey. And then also both of them don't mind going back with the flight of the ball to take an impressive mark. You think about Akesh against the Lions in round nine. Went back, fly to the ball, puts a body on the line. And I just thought her and CJ, just in terms of that heart, endeavour, determination, never give up. That was my comparison. Yeah, they both love that floating in front of the pack intercept as well, That where they come across, usually from the left-hand side of the pack, I'd often say. Yep. And they're, they're there just floating. As a pack comes to absolutely crunch them, they just float across and mark it. Like, that's... Yeah, the, the way they play football is very similar, both offensively and defensively. So that's three we agree on. and With one to come, Liam. And I'm pretty sure we'll agree on this one as well because we both, neither of us have used this player that I'm going to be giving. So for Catherine Brown, who we're recording this on her birthday, by the way. Happy so birthday, Brownie. This will come out a couple of days after, but happy birthday, Kath. So hold on, Liam. Let me have a guess here because you said it's someone we haven't used yet. Yep. So I'm going to guess it's Fiona Hara. Uh, I quite like the look of Fionn O'Hara, but no. No, not Fionn? No, I've picked an intercepting defender with a thumping left boot, Jack Scrimshaw. Yep. 
Yeah, agreed. I can absolutely yeah. agree with but you. When I said Noodle was one of the first names on my list, I'm pretty sure this was the first name on my list. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that comparison between Catherine Brown and Jack Scrimshaw. Both of them, that thumping left foot. I actually think not only is it thumping, but that precision. Think about Kath Brown when she takes those kick-ins. She's able to, to pinpoint Lucy Wales or Tegan Cunningham or Anya McDonough, Bridie Hipwell from 40, 50, 60 metres away at times. And that's something that I think in terms of that comparison with Scrimmer is what we, we definitely see. Yeah, and Kath defensively is really underrated, I think, a lot as well. I think she... I'd have to double-check, so it's actually what I'm doing now. I think she led us or was re- really close to it for intercepts throughout the season. We know Richo led us in terms of intercepts per game, mm-hmm. but only with half a season, it's quite difficult to yep. lead on total count. I'm pretty sure Kath led our team for total intercept possessions through the season as well, so she's really underrated defensively. And we've talked a lot about her lethal left boot, and we'll stand by that because... It's pretty good. And yeah, again, happy birthday, Kath. We're recording this. You won't be hearing this on your birthday, but we're recording it on your birthday. So So that takes us now, Liam, to the end of our comparisons. And if my mathematics is correct, nine out of 30 in terms of our comparison. 30%. Well, less than 30%. What do we get? In terms of percent, Liam? 30%. Nine divide 30. Go into three. Three over 10 is 30%. There we go. 30% we had. That's not bad. Not bad for an optimist and a pessimist. We got 30%. Stop calling me a pessimist. <laughs> no, uh, well, not, not I, was right. I was right. Catherine Brown did lead us in terms of raw intercepts, 44 for the season, which was the highest of any hawk. Unbelievable effort from that. And not a pessimist, Liam. You're, you're a pragmatist. Yeah, a, a realist, I would call. I would use. That's it, a realist. So this has been incredibly fun. We know that on social media, we've had some people put in who they believe the comparisons are. Now, we'd love to hear from you after you've listened to these to either tell us you agree with Liam and myself to disagree and to tell us why. So please make sure you get involved on our socials. So whether it's on Twitter and Instagram at HFC Saw or on Facebook at Soaring to New Heights, we love hearing from our listeners and whatever podcast provider you're listening to us on, please make sure you give us a rating, give us a like, And make sure you follow us so that anytime we release a podcast, it will pop up and you can have a listen to us because we love talking about the Hawthorne AFLW team. And we know there is certainly a lot of people out there who enjoy listening to content about the AFLW team, which is absolutely fantastic. Now, in terms of... Tim, just one more thing quickly. I will, a couple of days after we drop this one, I will put out some graphics of our picks so people can debate on them as well. Oh, absolutely fantastic. That makes it easier so people don't have to try and write it down. They'll have a visual that they'll be able to use, which is great. We're talking Hawks, where Liam and I do some work for during the seasons, both for the men's and the women's competition. There are articles currently up for both the AFL and the AFLW, so please make sure you go on and have a read. There's also the Talking Hawks podcast, where there is the mailbag segment, And there is also going to be a podcast about the track watch. So about Hawthorne returning to training. That may or may not be out by the time this gets released, depending on when that one gets recorded and when we release this. That's correct. Yes, may or may not. Now, Liam, you have a couple of mentions just before we finish this episode. Uh, Yes. So 
I first need to thank my dad, and I acknowledge this in part at the start of part one as well. This three-part series that we've had a blast recording, and I hope you've enjoyed listening to it, was his idea. We were up in the nation's capital for a week, up in the coach's hometown, and I think Kath Brown's hometown as well, actually. And we were um he just suggested this to us, and a message was immediately sent to you, and we were recording it a week later. So thank you, Dad, again for that suggestion. And the other one, you will have noticed the new intro music that we've used for parts two and three of this and ongoing for a while. Um, that suggestion came from my youngest brother. So again, thank you to him. I'm not going to say his name on mic, but he, we're really grateful, mate. That was a great suggestion and we really like it. And especially because it's an, it's actually an all-female band of sisters that we've used as well doing a cover. So that's, that's what we've used. So yeah. thank you. Absolutely. And something a bit different as well. Liven up the podcast, so liven up the intro and the outro. So very appreciative to Liam's brother for that suggestion. And also very appreciative to Liam's dad for the suggestion in terms of our comparison between the AFLW team and the men's equivalent. Now that brings us to the end of the episode. Please feel free to go back, listen to parts one and two after you've listened to this one. Get on socials. Tell us what you think, whether you agree or disagree with us. And until next time, go Hawks.